0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Fish Bites, the Miami Heralds, Miami Marlins
1: podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. Dre, how are you? I'm good. I'm I'm staring at your background and I'm sure new people that, that check us out on YouTube are right now and seeing a rare sight that happens once, maybe twice out of 81. Yeah, somewhere around there. Again, we had an open roof this
0: weekend for one day. Again, one day. And I'll it say it be, one more yeah. time just to just to emphasize the point. One day.
1: We could be heroes just for one day. Yeah, just that one time. And we'll see. I mean, maybe – I know the windows will stay open here and there. but Yeah, the windows were – yeah, last year they had the roof open twice and the windows
0: about five or six times. And then once you get into the summer, they just – it's basically on yeah. lockdown until maybe if the, if Mother Nature is nice enough in September to – not be not have a chance not have a thirty percent or higher chance of yeah. rain.
1: Good luck. Good luck with that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're in the we're at the end of our window for the open roof at this point already in mid May. In fact, we got it once, and it was a great night when we got it on fr- on Friday. Yes, I'm already losing track of my days here.
1: Yeah. It was they only I scored so- a run, so who cares? It's not helping. So yeah. let's close it.
0: There you go. Yeah. But on the bigger note, Marlins just finished up their weekend series at the Brewers. They lost two of three. But record aside, some news, some, news, some injury news on the rotation on Sunday. Jesus Lazaro was placed on the 15-day IL. It was left forearm strain was the terminology they gave. Right, Andre?
1: Yes. It's yeah. uh, basically not that he felt pain when he was throwing or anything like that. It's more of a – he said that after the two previous starts, it started in San Diego and then a little bit too in with Arizona, it, it kind of didn't bounce back well and it was sore. So it's one of those things where, and I don't blame him considering the injury history with him. He kind of wants to make sure it's nothing, and so does the team, because he has been doing well. I mean, that's the, that's part of the whole thing is that he has been a lot better than last year. You know, aside from one blip here or there, overall, he's been generally better, and you want to keep that at the back end of your rotation in the long run. So considering this, here's a guy who had Tommy John in high school when he was at Douglas High, I don't blame him for wanting to be cautious with this. They didn't sound too alarmed. I mean, sometimes they don't, and it does end up prolonging a little bit, so you never know. But I I don't think this would be something where he's out for a long time. But you know how it is. In general, you shut a pitcher down for for this period, if it's like it looks like he would be back around May twenty sixth, not that bad. But if it draws out a little bit more than they're expecting, then you're looking at then he's got to you know warm back up, maybe a rehab start sort of thing. If you get into that territory, then you're talking a little more of a problem because prolonged absence is what you don't want at the, on that backside of the other rotation right now. And remember, now
0: starting I think it began May second when they moved the roster down from twenty eight to twenty six. They finally enacted the rule where it's pitchers and two-way players they're on the IL for a minimum of 15 days not 10 days right so it Was supposed to be a rule that went into effect in 2020 and then a little pandemic called COVID-19 happened and, and we decided to hold off until things were somewhat back to normal to enact right. that rule but now it's 15 days not the 10 days that we've been accustomed to so there is a, right. little, a little a longer period there but, which uh, yeah. luckily on the Marlins side They have three off days over the next 11 days. So they are able to play around with their rotation. They could, for the most part, get away with their main four guys, who they have at this point with Sandy, Pablo, Trevor, and then Eliezer Hernandez. Yes, I have to include Eliezer Hernandez as part of that main four for this point. Because, and we'll talk about this as we go, Mm. as much as he has struggled this year, if you did end up trying to send him down to bring somebody else up, now that's two spots that you need to worry about, not just the one. If Jesus right. was still up here and Eliezer Hernandez was continuing his scuffle that he's had throughout this first seven starts, yes, there's warrants a conversation of maybe either move him into the bullpen to be a longer lever or just send him down to AAA and bring up another guy. But with two spots that you would have to worry about at that point, that kind of makes his spot – secondary at this point in terms compared to having to round out the full rotation now.
1: Well and, and not only that but they didn't sound like they're gonna do it. they're gonna like, give Eliezer the hook anytime soon. In yeah. fact, Don mattingly sounded like they're seeing bits of progress there, which I know is hard to see because you look at the results and talking to the after he felt like there's areas that he has improved, but again, it's just the way the game is you make two bad pitches and they burn you for it, and then your whole start looks like crap, and that's what. And that's been happening to him. Even yesterday, I would say that's what happened to him. The defense didn't help either, because yesterday, uncharacteristically, two errors that early on in key spots led the runs. I mean, ironically, he it was the the lowest earned run total he'd had since back in April, since his second start. So it doesn't look like it on the surface, but it actually was a slightly better start for him. To me, the problem is him his durability in a game because again, this is the second time I've seen him where he looks fine, solid enough for three, four innings, but once it gets to that fifth, more or less, the
0: third time the, wheel, the, the wheels breaks.
1: fall off. Yeah, I mean, you can point to the error yesterday contributing to that, but he didn't need to give up back-to-back home runs. I'm sorry, you know, and those are the that's where the problem is is him lasting longer into that fifth, sixth inning, the third time around. I mean, and that's an issue, you know, that's an issue that he, that they're going to have to address. He's going to have to address. And if it doesn't get any better anytime soon, I know they want to stick with him and he has been better in the past, but you know, that, that that's an ongoing problem at that spot in the rotation for sure. And then that you're going to have to, you are have to address it at some point, the problem too. And then you mentioned, you kind of gave the prelude to that. Not a lot, not really any options right now, not a lot of options right now on who you'd, drop into that spot especially if Lozardo's out for a while I mean you know people clamoring for Max Meyer but didn't exactly have his best outing and even if he had had his best outing do you want to rush him up just because I don't know I don't know if it's not time I don't know if it's time yet necessarily right now right this second to bring him up and then Edward Cabrera still kind of getting there but another guy with a lot of injury very injury prone that you have to be you have to be sure when you bring him up and his last outing Wasn't exactly great in the minors either.
0: Yeah, and the other guys that you have in the minors, Braxton Gary and Jordan Holloway, your other guys who are on the 40-man, they're both on the minor league IL at this point. Braxton Gary just started throwing bullpen sessions over the weekend. Jordan Holloway still isn't at that point yet. So at this point, in terms of guys who are on the 40-man or on the active roster, at least in the short term, it's looking like one of Cody Cote or Dan Costano is going to fill that, Fill that void in the Lazardo spot. The Marlins, right. luckily, having that off day after Arizona, they're able to move Sandy Alcantara up. He started Monday, and now the TBD spot is going to be Tuesday. And it's looking like it would make sense for them to just put slide Cody Poteet up there because again, he's been right. their long relief guy. He's thrown he threw four innings on last week Tuesday after Lazardo's last start, where when Lazardo only went two and two thirds. So he's had the long. He's pitched for length a few times this year. He's been pretty good out of the pen, only one earned run allowed, and I think it was 16 and a third innings, a .55 ERA or something along those lines. So for a day or a start or two, I feel like Cody Putik can help you bridge the gap until Lazaro's return. And then you got Daniel Casano waiting in the wings in AAA if you want a lefty option to replace the lefty. Yeah. So you have oh. those two options, and then like you mentioned with Max Meyer and Edward Cabrera, you also have to think about the times, the time frame. Max last pitched on Wednesday, which Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he would be in line. But again, after going off of a game where he gave up six runs and three home runs in five innings, his the start of the year, I yeah. wouldn't bring him up at this point. I wouldn't bring him up until I wouldn't bring him up when his confidence may not be as highest. Edward Cabrera right. last pitched on Saturday. He's paid to pitch on Friday. And again, he still hasn't gone up longer than five innings in AAA since recovering from the. Right bicep muscle fatigue injury. I have to spell it out every time, so I always feel like I'm gonna mis- 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 misphrase it. But yeah. he's, he's paid to go Friday. He would be on short rest if he was get, if he got called yeah. back now. So it's a matter of take your short term solution. More than likely, Cody Potee on Tuesday, and then the next start there would be uh would be Sunday, the last game of the homestand. Yeah, gives you, uh, gives you six days to uh, give you five six days to evaluate where things stand. Actually, that person wouldn't have to start until Tuesday because you have the, off, they, the off day in between the Nationals
1: and the Braves. They, yeah, they said that they don't think, assuming Lizardo's not out longer than they hope, than they think. Um, only one turn in the rotation is really what absolutely would have to be filled. Yeah. So, if that is the case, why do you bring? I mean, I, to my to me, it's like I don't think that's the Max Meyer spot because why are you going to bring them up to then what do you do with them once everybody's back you know what i mean and, and unless you punt on les or at some point but it doesn't sound at least at least outwardly it doesn't sound like they're ready to do that just yet in fact i mean the way the way they made it sound like he was incrementally making some progress they haven't lost total hope and yet they may eventually if his struggles continue but I mean, people are listening will be listening to this Tuesday morning, and if Max Meyer is the call, we're <laughs> gonna be like, "Well, you guys were wrong." But hey, would did I put it past them? Absolutely not. But I don't think I-, I agree with you. I don't think it's the right time right now. But to me, the rotation, yes, it's easy to talk about. It's a, it's a, it's definitely topical. But if this team doesn't hit or score, I should say, and hit timely, it doesn't matter what five are out there. Because it's going to be hard, wins are going to be hard to come by no matter what. And that worries me too, because this, uh, from just from seeing a couple of games already and covering them, you have glaring holes right now in this lineup. I mean, and some of it is injuries, some of it is Joey Wendell's absence is very much felt right now. But if Garcia continues to struggle, Soler hit a home run, but yeah, we know he can do that. It's all the other at bats. You know, unfortunately Maggie's Maggie's off to a slow start at the plate too. So, you know, unless some of those bats come around, you're this is not this is not a lot and then and then if you bench Jazz when you do, then you're really clipping the wings off because at that point you're really asking a lot out of what's left to, to really muster you know enough runs to beat a team like the Brewers, let's say.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, this team it's basically their offense either comes out all at once or it doesn't come at all. We right. saw that during the Brewer Series. They'll, you look at the game on Saturday, they hit three home runs in an inning. They had another four-run inning. It's either you'll see them score three, four, five, six runs all at once, or they'll struggle to trickle one or two across. There's The consistency is not there, and really they only had a few guys who have been consistently hitting. Jazz, as you mentioned, 288 average, 904 OPS. Jesus is hitting over 300 so far in the month of May. He's hitting 263 on the season. Uh, both of them, they have 41 of the team's RBI between the two of them. 27 of the run scored between the two of them. And then everybody else, Garrett Cooper's hitting 255. None of their other regulars are hitting above 211. Obviously, well, Joey Wendell will be included in there once he gets back up to qualifying for play appearances. It's, and he's excluded in the MLB list. But as of right now, your guys who are qualified hitters i Garcia hitting 211 on the year. Jesus Sanchez after that great start, he's hitting under hundred in, in May right now, which I'm not sure if that's just a matter of him still continuing to adjust to his first full season or the fact that again, he's playing center field every day because they really don't have someone else to replace him in center field when he needs a day off. Again, yeah. as you mentioned with, with Miguel Rojas, he's hitting 190 on the season and whether it's him focusing more on the defense or again, he has a lot of personal stuff going on as we, Talked about from what happened with Throughout his offseason Not yeah. sure how much that's still lingering And coming to the field with him But there definitely are some Off the field factors that are playing it. they are coming to effect here And yeah. Horace Soler saying 188 this year Seven home runs which are nice But 40 strikeouts Over about 140 plate appearances That's not going to cut it
1: Yeah I mean and with Sanchez He's still developing I mean these are guys that are realistically just still taking kind of like the first steps in the majors i know they've already played but you need a pretty good amount of experience before you can kind of say okay this guy he's a mainstay you know what i mean like so again all that you're you're it's not a lineup that's just stacked top to bottom where you know you can it somewhere some of these guys have to figure out a way to, to to right the ship because if not you know, I'm t- again, glaring holes, and you're seeing it when they're scoring one, two, maybe three at most. You know, even yesterday, you thought maybe. I mean, you had Eliezer, You're wondering, it's like, is something gonna, is something gonna, is the dam gonna break at some point with him? But when you're up three to one going into the fifth inning, you don't feel that bad. You think, okay, maybe, maybe hang on, keep it, maybe one more inning. Then we turn it to the pen, and then unfortunately. What happened but that's that's the whole thing Though when that happens It's like you then you don't have the horses to respond To that the way that this lineup is Constructed right now
0: yeah and again With two of their main guys Joey Wendell Again to pull up the full numbers Joey Wendell hitting 304 and he's out with a hamstring Injury John Burney right. hitting 300 He's yeah, still so my knowledge, He's still either stuck in San Diego While dealing with that quote Unquote undisclosed injury Or wow. he's, Or he's still in the part where he Regardless, he still has been cleared to the point where he's still on the IM. Regardless,
1: his bat is not in yeah. the lineup, and Correct. that hurts.
0: And yeah. now, luckily, they've gotten Brian Anderson back, who's been on a groove as of late. He's hitting two sixty, seven ninety seven .97 OPS for the season. Right. But he's also – he was on, I think it was about a 14-game on base streak before everything, and then been solid since he returned. But this is also the thing where – They've lost two. They have two main guys not in their lineup right now, and one to one birdie. And you're seeing the residual effect completely by losing, by not having the guys to replace them
1: yeah. to the point where yeah, they, they, yeah, they can't execute the strategy that they wanted throughout the. This was, this was the makeup of this team, was going to be the MO of this team, the, the, the matching up. And got two of your most, arguably your two most versatile players or close to that, if not. out right now so it's totally throwing a wrench into what you what you ideally want to do
0: Yeah, and now we'll see how that plays out. They ha- the Marlins have six more games at home on this three-team nine-game home stand, playing the Nationals Monday, the Wednesday, have an <laughs> off day Thursday, and then get to host the Atlanta Braves Friday through Sunday. Mm. Where if everything goes the way it's looking, like the Marlins might get their first chance to see Ronald Acuna Junior. this year. Mm. So I guess I'll have mm. to have my pre-write ready.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, my first pitch. It's always always a, a interesting first pitch, so. Be ready, yep. for sure.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but it's your chance for the NLE against the NLE, which again, at this point, and we actually pull up the full standings to make sure I'm not factually. Well we, know, well, we know
1: the Mets have been in cruise mode. Uh, yep. Maybe not cruise mode, but they're they have a team. They have a little bit of a cushion right now.
0: Yeah, so they're they're in as close to cruise mode as you can be, and also the Marlins still don't face them for another month for the first time. Uh, if my computer here, there we go. My computer finally decided to load everything. Uh, the Mets go. heading into the week, heading into Monday, the Mets 23 and 13, five and a half games above second place, Philly, who is 17 and 18. So again, the Mets are the only team above 500 in the East right now. And then you Still have second best in New York. Yep. I, I knew you were going to do something like that. Uh, and then <laughs> Philly, Atlanta and Miami, all three within a game, a game and a half of each other. So yes. again, Marlins, when they face Atlanta, especially this weekend, and obviously they took three already against Washington on that road trip to start the year. They went two and one against Atlanta in Atlanta, and they've yeah, had a good yeah. record against Philly so far. If they can control what they can in the East and at least make themselves competitive in that, cl- in that cluster for second place. But, and then, but yeah. I know where the but's going, and I want you okay. to say.
1: Okay. Uh, I want okay. you to say. That's nice. But if you look at click on the button that shows the league wide top to bottom, what do they know, 10th out of 15? They're um, there. there. So yeah. they're somewhere in that nine through eleven range. I know that.
0: Yeah. There's only league. about
1: four teams that are w- way worse than they are right now. And so, you know, You're one is the Reds. Number? The Reds are a doormat. And there's a few teams, but their point, point is while you look that up. Second, yes, yeah, it's there important. Four,
0: there are four teams below them: the Pirates, you, you, the Cubs, the, the the Nationals, and the Reds. In the end, the wild card picture. Let's say four games out of the wild card. And, again, you have the third not, wild card, and not
1: just four out, but multiple teams ahead, which makes it all sorts of complicated and much harder to overcome. And the more and more you slump, the way it's going right now, because in general, it's been trending in the wrong direction since the long winning streak. The more and more you're going to get buried. So at some point, at some point, they got to find a way to, to You know, they will get healthier, but it's important to to be able to, to to stay in the picture if they really do want to try and make a run at this. I mean, this is why it's still for people that say win now. We knew it was going to be complicated this year. To to think that early that it, that that they could, but you 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 just hope to see. I just I, at least me. I hope to see improvement. Like. Noticeable improvement, not a 65 win team, but to say that they're right there on the cusp of really contending yet, they're not there yet. I mean, generally, I mean, unless something crazy happens later on. Yeah, that's
0: normally- there's still a lot of
1: developing pieces, is what is why.
0: Correct, and that's normally something crazy happening seems to define the Marlins' path to playoffs. I mean, right. Look, back, I mean, you look back, you saw. How they did getting there in year five in '97, which that team was honored on Saturday, just had to throw that back out there. Getting to actually catch up and actually, on my end, actually meet a lot of those guys for the first time it was actually a pretty cool experience. Getting to actually get to see Gary Sheffield, getting to see Levon Hernandez, getting yep. to talk to Jim Leland—that was that was a lot of fun to be able to be able to chat with him. I'm sure. Yeah, and then obviously they making in you know three. The craziness that happened in that 2020 year to get to get into the wild Six, card. Sixteen and
1: twenty-eight, I think, or sixteen and twenty-nine, something like that, and then all of a sudden yeah. took off with Jack McKeon.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So and then, and then and then COVID, and then the COVID year, and then the COVID year where again you just think after the outbreak captain, you go, "Well, okay, the season's done before it started," and then again sixty game sprint. I know, but the fact that they were still able to get in there after everything that happened. Again, we're a month and a half into the season. Once we get closer to June to mid June, about a month from now, we'll have the better understanding of if they're gonna be able to claw their way up or if they're gonna be that team sitting there toward the bottom and then figuring out what parts they ship off in July. Unless
1: this unless this franchise progresses toward a playoff berth by or contention a true contention for a playoff berth by twenty twenty three, let's say. That that COVID year is a blip. Yes. And will remain a blip. Yes. I'm sorry. But to me, it's like forgotten by next year if, if they're not at the point where you can realistically look at the team and say this is a, a not say championship, but maybe at least a playoff contender. Right. And right now they're better, but they're not there yet, at least the way it's constructed. And I don't and I don't even know if it will be once all the you know, if and when they are able to get healthy enough where all the pieces are there. We'll see. They could be buried, you know, far out of the of picture by then. Who knows? Yeah.
0: And on that note, let's switch over to some of the minor league stuff, our usual weekly minor league update. And with one of those guys who may or may very well be part of that future picture in that future rotation, 19 year old Jerry Perez string, string some starts together now. The his, yeah. His latest one on Friday, Nine strikeouts, five in the third innings, gave up two two runs on two hits and one walk. Uh, Three consecutive starts over his last three starts now. 27 Ks, just four earned runs allowed over 16 innings. 2.25 ERA for a 19-year-old playing in the AA level after having his first three or four starts that were rough, acclimation period. Again, 18 going on 19, facing AA competition, which when you're at that point, you're potentially facing guys who could potentially be closing in on making the big leagues. For a 19-year-old kid to be doing what he did his last three and to see the consistency start to come there and be reminiscent of what we saw from him all of 2021 when he burst onto the scene, to me, this is a good sign. And Again, it's three consecutive starts that we've seen this now, not just one start where he does well, then he has an off day, then another great one, not bouncing, teetering back and forth. You're starting to see the consistency out of him as he, as he starts to get more comfortable in Double A.
1: Can I just say that the fact that, and obviously it was an obvious mention since they played them, but the fact that you got, I, I want to say bravo to you for getting the Rocket City Trash Pandas mentioned in the, uh, in your minor league notebook today. One of bravo. The,
0: one of the many, many incredible minor league baseball team names.
1: I'm upset that we, you know, because everything is going on right now in the sports world and. And, and things are chaotic with the Heat and the Panthers and, 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 and the Marlins and the Dolphins offseason, et cetera, et cetera. I couldn't make it up to Pensacola to watch a game between them, but someday.
0: Yeah. Spoiler alert, yes, trash yeah. pandas are raccoons, but it's, that, it's a lot cooler <laughs> to say trash pandas.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and and check out the mascot online, people, if you have not. It's pretty funny. Uh, like many, mas- many uh, logos, I'm sorry, no, not just the mascot around minor league baseball but anyway as you were talking about before yeah i mean i think mean, that's the key always the consistency of starts the effectiveness of the, of the pitches i mean yes you want to see good results but that developmental stage that he's going on it, it is good to see and i think that's the key i mean i think that at every level and right now it's good to see him doing it at that point and let's see how he can build because there's a lot of upside with him and you know the sky's the limit if he can if, if Especially like always, if you know the the, the is nice on the fastball, but the when, if the secondary stuff is there, wow, this could be he could be fun to watch down the road.
0: Yeah, definitely can. The few other guys to give some quick updates on: Khalil Watson had hits in five of the six games last week. Three thirty-three batting average, nine twenty-seven OPS over that week. Two doubles, a home run, four stolen bases, seven runs scored for single A Jacksonville. First game of the week, hit a home run, hit a double, hit a single, just missed the cycle. Uh, mm. Also, staying in a single A, Ian Lewis, who started the year in extended spring, was dealing with some personal stuff early on during mm. that first month. He made his Jupiter debut for this season this week. Hit hit a casual 588. He was 10 for 17 through his first five games. Four RBI, mm. two runs scored. Casual, fire, yeah. casual five. Casual five eighty eight. I love that. Yeah. Again, uh, like, 10, yeah, 17, yeah. one double. Again. I wake
1: up and hit five hundred.
0: Yeah. And he also had one of his good old buddies in Jazz Chisholm Jr. show up to watch a game on the Marlins' off day when they came back from Phoenix. Yeah. Again, the good old Bahamian,
1: the, the Bahamian yeah. brotherhood yeah. there. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to get Lewis. That's good to see. You know. And again, hopefully, you know, it was a strong week, but build on, build off of that, and keep it going you know this is a, here's a kid with uh, again a lot of that athletic ability they like in the infield and if the bat continues to come around you know well again that's some someone to keep an eye on still you know still in the lower end of the minors for now but building up it'd be great to see could add to some depth uh at those middle spots which are, you know are always a premium
0: yeah and then two hitters up in double a uh jar Carnacion continues to be dominant uh so far through the month of May, he's hitting 366, 15 for 41, two home runs, seven RBI, 10 runs scored. And Griffin Conine finally starting to get things going. This month he's hitting 351, 13 for 37, three home runs, two doubles, a triple, 11 ribbies, eight runs scored. Strikeouts are also considerably lower. I don't have the exact numbers on me at the moment. Mm-hmm. I won't
1: pull them up. But <laughs> I was thinking that. I, I was mean, like, anything- the 13 for 37 looks good, but is that the 24 in the middle? Are there not a lot of Ks in there? Blowing up the
0: exact numbers now, but again, to be able to see be able to see things, to see the contact is also, for me, at the very minimum, yes. the same, even if there are that's some true. strikeouts still mixed in there, there's always going to be strikeouts mixed in there with Griffin Cullinan, as long as if he finds a way to keep it under that 40% that it's been for the past year and a half.
1: Yeah, not absurd. I'll take, right.
0: I'll take the progress there.
1: Right. And both of those guys, that's their, that's their that's kind of the tools how it plays out for them. They're that sort of you always, by nature, that's kind of the the all or nothing a little bit, but you don't want it to be to that extreme either where, where it's hurting you in a lineup as well. So that's good to see. Yeah.
0: All right. Pulling the numbers up now for the month of May. Uh, it looks like 14 strikeouts in about 45 play appearances. So it's hovering around the 30%. It's right around the 32, 33% mark, which still high, but not as high. Still as high, but added. a little better. Okay. Yeah. Man, it's something I'll, I keep Yeah. I'll take the progress on.
1: there. Right. Exactly.
0: And I think that's gonna do it for us this week, Dre.
1: Yeah, short and sweet. I mean, you know, I mean, again, '97 was a blast to see. It, not just a blast, but let me say it was cool—the the ambiance of the uh, of a ballpark. You know, when when it, they've done this before, but I like when they when they put the the image of the old scoreboard from from. I, I wouldn't want Dolphin Stadium back necessarily. Too many memories of annoying, long as hell rain delays. But I do like the, the memory of the scoreboard, at least the image of it there. And the 90s soundtrack, my friend.
0: Yes. Let's that just was, say
1: I was jamming it up a little bit up there. So. Yeah, was, what was the softball game like? You were there Sunday for the, the softball game. You know, it's funny because they, yes, the the legends of the team played. They gave a chance to a lot of staff from that year to play too. It was after like the first two innings, I was looking up. Every time I'd look up at the scoreboard, I'd be like, who? It'd be like this guy or that guy, like names I've never heard of. I was like, okay. I guess I'm being nice to some of them on there. But um the moment had to be Alfonseca's Alphonseca's rip and then he and then he does a little little dance at second base. He, he he's a funny guy. He's a, he's always been a character, even going back to going back in the day to the late nineties. So but all in all, it was cool to see, not, not just that, but, you know, the. I think the guest list was cool that they got Gary Sheffield to come out, you know, because there's some of like the, the regulars that they've had over the years when they've hit anniversary milestones, but that's cool when you can get a guy, when you get one of the premier players, not just on that team, but just in general, like in Major League history like that, to show off. That's cool.
0: Yeah, definitely was. And you got to mention Gary Sheffield that la- the last hit of the softball game, being able – you can pinch hitting and then somebody running for him to end the game. And, again, just – I got shot with off. that
1: swing. I'm always going to – always love this swing with a little
0: – Yep. Yep, the swing was great. Again, just yep. being able – for everyone to be able to reflect on that. And, again, that was a little bit before my baseball time as I've made Andre shake his head multiple times as we brought it up. Again, I was – Two going on three when they won when they won that World Series. I remember O three, I remember the O three World Series. I obviously yeah. ninety seven was a little bit early on my end,
1: but that to was be in my, yeah, yeah freshman year at Miami Dade, I had I had graduated high school just months earlier, so yeah, yeah but
0: it was still it was <laughs> it was cool to be able to experience all of that, be able to actually talk with a lot of these guys and just watch how they reminisce about everything and. And all of them talking about it as if it happened literally the day before, not twenty five years ago, and just when everyone was there, and you saw just the look on everyone's face when a lot of the guys who, some of them hadn't seen each other in a while, and then you just see them all just yeah. come back and be like, like they were sitting there drinking beers a couple of days earlier and just catching up on catching up on, on the good, on the good times
1: and guys probably hung out on the weekend too, you know, beyond just the, the ballpark stuff, obviously, you know, that, that's cool. You know what I mean? I thought those are, that stuff they'll never, that stuff you'd never forget and it can just come back to you like that. So uh, that's cool. That's cool. When you get that opportunity.
0: Definitely. And on that note, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of fish Fights. Thanks so much for tuning in. He's Andre. I'm Jordan. We'll be back again next week.